Welcome back to the Reframing Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Maria Sampolis. Today's guest is Dr. Drew Provost. He is a leaseholder for Costco's. Uh, welcome, Doc, to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Maria. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's nice to have you on. Uh, for those of you that do not know Doc, he uh, grew up in Atlanta. He has a bachelor's degree um, studying sociology, microbiology, University of Georgia. And he got his doctor of optometry degree in Southern College of Optometry in Memphis. He founded his first practice, a new Costco location in Atlanta in 2006. After operating the practice successfully for about six years, he moved to Austin and partnered with uh, Costco's again there with, to start Great Hills Eye Care in 2012, and then grew his practice from one location to three locations to six doctors, 15 staff members. And over the years, uh, he started also a private practice, which he ended up selling uh, in Austin as well, and has served on the board of directors of AACO and a professional advanced consultant for Cooper Vision, uh, talking to optometrists and traveling all over the country, talking about contact lenses. So, I, I, it's great to have you on. I love. I know how you love talking about mentoring with ODs on practice management, productivity, improving patient care, and but also work life balance. You know, exploring Austin and and then you know hanging out with your wife and your two daughters uh, when you have time with these three locations. Right. Yeah. Uh, gosh, you said all that, and time flies, Maria. It just uh, when you're having fun, right? <laughs> That's right. There's a lot going on. I mean, everyone's got a family and trying to balance all these things. So. Um, I know a lot of doctors will, in the private practice, but especially in a corporate setting, uh, want to know how to grow and scale a practice. And you've done that. And, but it's been challenging for a lot of doctors. Tell us about you know, what you found that's helped to grow from one practice to three practices, especially in a, in a corporate setting. Right. Well, one of the things that has um, been valuable and helped us to grow is to really, um, you know, I've, I've made time to work on the practice um, and not just in the practice, right? So um, I think when people start, they're kind of doing everything. They're wearing a lot of hats. Uh, they're, you know, seeing all the patients. They're doing HR. They're doing the medical billing. And uh, so even early on, I really made time to set aside, whether it was before patient care, you know, at the end of the day, um, to find ways to grow the practice you know, new systems to implement, things to make it easier um, to scale the practice. So that was, uh, you know, one big area um, that I would recommend, uh, you know, people set aside time to, to really work on the practice in that, in that method. And I, so I would tell doctors, you know, maybe just start small, five hours a week. What do you recommend on admin time a week? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the time, um, you know, it just never seems like there's enough time, Right. Um, so one thing that has helped is I've, I've kind of time blocked. So I'll get in my calendar and I'll, you know, actually just put a, a, a two hour block um, for a specific task and, you know, get and and get that done, you know, kind of take it off of my to do list, put it on the calendar. And that way I know that it gets done. Um, and so just kind of building out my calendar for the week and, and for the month, how I want it to look um, allows me to make sure I have time to get everything accomplished. Yeah. So you've you've practiced different modes. So you've had. Uh, corporate practice, and then you started a cold, um, a cold private practice, and successfully sold it. Um, how have you accomplished that when you moved to Austin? And what did that practice look like? And ultimately, what made you make the decision to to sell it and and continue expanding with Costco's? Sure. So I, I had a um, you know history with Costco in Atlanta. I had a location for six years. Um, when I moved to Austin, I was fortunate enough to. 
um, go into an existing location um, that we operated, but they just, you know, they're not building Costco's in every corner, uh, you know, every year. So uh, I really wanted to expand. And so I decided a few years after, um, you know, opening the first one in Austin that I wanted to open a private practice. And it was a great experience. Um, you know, I got to see both sides simultaneously, you know, selling materials, you know, classes, contact lenses, the whole bit. Um, you know, medical eye care and also the um, corporate practice with Costco at the same time. So, um, you know, I really think that uh, ultimately I saw that for me, the um, Costco practice really allowed me to focus more on patient care and to give the patients the best experience possible without having to worry about how many annual supplies of contact lenses I was going to sell or, uh, you know, what type of progressive lens the patient was, was going to end up getting. So um, I, you know, by practicing in both modalities at the same time, that really kind of led me back to um, expanding the Costco practice and, you know, resulted in us getting a second location and then now a third location. Yeah. A lot of doctors will go back and forth on whether they want to be in private or corporate. Some will start in corporate and transfer over to private and some will never transfer over. That's, that's what they love. And they just go and see their patients, not worry about the other stuff. There's usually patient inflow there, right? Um, mm -hmm. so it's good to hear the both sides and, and that, you know, you sold a practice too. Some doctors think that they can't sell a practice, uh, corporate, uh, it's cold practice when they start. Um, so it's good that right. you've had experience. Um, and at the end I'll have the listeners, uh, I'll give you, you'll give them, uh, your email if they have questions and want to talk to you about that. Cause I, I get those questions all the time and I've never been on the selling end. I've been on the buying end, not on the selling end. So it's good to, have that because I just had a doctor contact me looking to sell her practice because uh, she's kind of done with all the admin tasks um, of that of that setting. Um, but to grow a practice, scale it. What what is what is important in today's landscape to grow it? Well, you know, I, I think there's um, you know just so much competition, right? Um, there's you know online competi competition. Um, even the vision plans are trying to you know, really take our patients now. Um, market directly to the patients. So, you know, have online eye exams. So, you know, it's not just, um, you know, corporate practices, you know, from, well, if you're in the private practice arena, you know, you feel like corporate practice is eating into it now, kind of the online is, you know, coming after everything. So uh, I, I feel like it's really important to scale your practice, no matter what more modality, modality that you're in, um, so that you can have access to more resources you know, um, more robust uh, business so that you can hire the best staff, you can hire the best doctors. Um, you know, we wouldn't be where we're at in our practice without our wonderful team. I have to give them a shout out. You know, all the doctors and, and staff in our practice are just absolutely amazing. So thank you to all of them. Um, but yeah, you know, I think if you, everybody starts small, right? You start somewhere unless you buy an existing practice that's big. But um, if you don't scale, you know, you're going to be doing all of those tasks yourself, you know, forever, pretty much. Um, so you, you have to, um, you know, add people, add resources. Um, and then ultimately, that's what's going to, you know, help your practice um, uh, thrive in the long run. So some of those resources, is that like adding new equipment to the office, like retinal photography, OCTs, adding um, new procedures to be efficient, things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we we really focus on the patient experience. We want to have the best technology. So we have um, Optos Daytonas in all of our locations. Uh, I just was at AOA and we got three new OCTs 
um, you know, one for each location. So we're going to um, get those installed in a couple of weeks here so we can, you know, add even more medical care to the practice. So, yeah, just, um, you know, having those resources, but not just equipment. Um, you know, it's really about having the best uh, software to run your practice, whether that's your, you know, electronic medical record, your patient recall system, your, you know, communication, uh, your, your phone communication in the office. Um, I, I talk to a lot of docs that are starting out and, you know, they always say, oh, you know, this, this EMR, it's so expensive, you know, or, or this, um, this tool, right? Oh, that's like $300 a month. And say like, well, you know, that $300 a month is going to save you like $1,000 or more in staff time. That's right? correct. Yeah. Um, so you really have to kind of like, it can be daunting at first, but you have to look past those little things and, you know, try to implement things that are going to help your staff. It's going to help your business run more efficiently and ultimate give, ultimately give your patients a better experience. Um, Cause it's a, you know, it's not a um, get rich quick, right? It's a, it's a long, long tail, you know, on, on operating a practice. That's correct. I mean, I implemented online appointments a long time ago and, and, and my recall system online, the text message, it just automatically does it. And it saves time at the front desk. We have patients, you know, when did they make the appointment? They made the appointment on Sunday at midnight, you know, online. And right. it's, I think that's helpful too. That t- keeps them off the phone. And, and ultimately, you know, paying attention to the patient that's there and being mm-hmm. able to help you. So I, I think it is that. So I think the n- mindset of a new business owner is, oh, this extra expense, this is a new business, but it helps, right? If it helps you expand and get to the next step, that's important too. So then you can have those layers and implement the next thing, the OCT and everything else. And, and I think baby steps. So once you get comfortable with one thing, then you right. can add the other. And I think now with just the the state of employees and hard to find some employees, some office are having a hard time being able to do this is important. Um, and, and being able to, you know, you have these tools that you don't have to kind of worry about if the, if they leave, right. The tools will do it for you. Right. Um, so I think that's important. I think the other big question is about, you know, to delegate or not delegate. What are your thoughts on that, on scaling a business, and how can doctors kind of be hands off and be okay to be like, all right, I'm going to give this to you. This is my baby, but I'm going to let you control it. Um, that it, it's really tough. It, you know, especially when you've done everything yourself, um, it is difficult sometimes to relinquish a little bit of control and trust that things are going to happen. Um, I can speak from experience that things happen and they happen well. Um, and you know, not everything. Sometimes you have to. Um, you know, go back and, and um, you know, rethink something or delegate a little differently. But ultimately, if you find the right people, um, it will probably get done better than when you were, you know, trying to wear all the hats yourself. So I do have a couple of um, litmus tests for delegation. Uh, number one is uh, find, find something in the practice. Well, first of all, just start, you know, you have to start somewhere, right? So find something in the practice that you're, you yourself are not good at, um, or that takes up a lot of your time, you know, admin. So the first thing that comes to mind would be like filing, uh, vision insurance claims or, um, you know, medical uh, claims or credentialing, right. It's filling out a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of follow-up, um, you know, maybe take that and hand that, that one task off first. Uh, another one would be, um, if there is just something that maybe you're really good at, but it just, you know, every time you do that task, 
it just depletes all your mental energy, right? And you just say like, oh, I just, this is something I really um, wish that I could hand off to somebody. Go ahead and try handing it off, um, you know, see how it works. So, um, and if, you know, start with one thing, like you said, if you, you know, and you'll find success and then do the next thing. Um, ultimately, you know, you can't scale if you can't delegate. So that's correct. So you got to, you got to be able to surround yourself with good people too. And I know it's hard in this thing, but delegate and then, but also give them small tasks. Right. So once they complete it, like, in, like submitting to IMED, right. It's easy. It's online. It's the code. It's, it's, it's that. So, and then once they get comfortable with that, going to the next step um, and adding on, and obviously when you delegate more work should be able to um, pay them a little more. Am I correct? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yep. And um, so, you know, that has to, you have to do that. Um, And and you're going to hit different levels too. Um, Like we're running into that now. We just opened our third location and, you know, we are probably at capacity on a couple of the tasks that we have. So we're having to figure out, you know, are we going to, you know, hire like a contract, you know, kind of work to get us to the next level? Um, Do we hire another full-time person, you know, like on an admin side? So there's, um, you will hit those, those ceilings and those local ceilings, and then you'll, you know, kind of break through them. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's a process that iterates. So like, once you get used to it, you kind of recognize, you know, when you're hitting that wall and be able to, to break through it more easily. So one of the big things in corporate optometry to scale a business has been, you know, reviews and then medical billing. Um, how have you tackled medical billing? Because that's a big thing. And then also reviews. I know that you have a lot of great reviews online. How do we get those same reviews? And because that's great. I mean, I, I get a lot of patients following me and, and that found me. And I said, how do you hear about us? You have great reviews online. And I think that's that's a new word of mouth. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, on the medical billing side, um, we are, are very uh, grateful to have a wonderful uh, in-house medical biller. Um, she's been with us for years and uh, she does a, a, just a wonderful job. So um, I, if that's something that you can you know, do or somebody that you can find, I recommend that because then they're really in your practice all the time. They can um, interact with the staff you know, on a one-on-one basis, do some training. So that's, um, that would be you know, my recommendation. If, that's not, uh, if you're not to that level yet or you, um, you know, decide that it would be better to hire outside, I would interview two or three different companies that work with medical billing and um, see what their rates are, how they communicate with the staff. Um, but ultimately, you know, if you go, if you move past just a one doctor practice, you're going to need some help, you know, getting the medical uh, billing done. So. Okay. What has yeah. been some insight on, on getting more reviews online? Cause that helps scale your business too, and getting more patients in your exam chairs. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, patient experience is number one in our practice and following along with that or getting five star reviews. Um, I'll put in parentheses, you know, not getting one star reviews. Uh, So (laughs) which it's going to happen. Right. Like there's, you know, somebody's going to have a bad day and it's it's inevitable. Um, But I think, you know, automating it is is a great way. Um, So like, you know, we've used demand force. We've there's different solutions out there to automate. Um, reviews, um, you know, some depending on how, you know, like if the location's brand new, sometimes we're more selective and we'll only send the reviews to, you know, we'll kind of, you know, make sure that people had a really good experience and, you know, 95% of the time they do, but I'm, I'm kind of a believer in not sending a review to 
like the one person that was just disgruntled that day. Uh, yeah, I, I tell my office, do not send a review to this person. Right. <laughs> we do the yeah. same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, why, why invite somebody to, you know, um, have a bad day on your, your uh, Google page, right? So yeah. um, in addition to just, you know, sending the review requests out is you have to have a built out uh, Google business profile, um, Yelp page, you know, and really any like social media, anywhere else that patients are going to find you. Um, it's important that wherever they find you, that it looks like it's updated. It has pictures of your practice, you know, all these things. I was talking to uh, the Google business specialist the other day, and they sent me this whole list of things about how to optimize your Google business profile, which fortunately we were doing most of those things already. But I mean, you know, if you think about it, like how do people find your practice? I mean, anytime, if you're looking for a dentist or wherever you go, you pull your phone out, you type in like best pediatric dentist near me, right? Near me is the key word. That's what they yeah. find near me. That's what shows up on my Google, like at the end of the month, it shows you how they found you. And, yeah. and, and that's, that's right. And when I ask new patient, how do you, or I found doctor near me or best doctor in the area. Yeah. Exactly. So like, if that's how you're looking for people, that's how people are looking for you. So you need to you know, optimize coming up for those, those things. Um, and, you know, maybe reviews aside, but that's one thing that I've, especially in the private practice um, that I had, you can get kind of lost with just how much is going on, um, all the different facets of the practice and, you know, really put a lot of time and effort into certain things that don't give you the return. But I would say, you know, optimizing all those pages, those, you know, Google Yelp and all those pages and focusing on getting really good reviews, that's going to bring people into your practice, um, you know, a lot more than anything else. And you just got to continue to do it. It's not something that just ends. It's, it's a constant thing. So you got to make sure that the staff uh, knows that and that you have it delegated to a staff member to, to, to do this once a day or, you mm -hmm. know, a couple times a week It's or, or during downtime. We say, hey, it's down, slow time of the year. We're doing this. We're doing blogging. We're doing reviews. Um, we're checking other things. Um, we're recalling people we haven't seen in a long time. So there's always tasks that need to be done. And hopefully you train these people so you don't have to continue to bring these tasks up again so you can focus on other things, right? Exactly. Yeah. And um, so you yeah, have a dedicated person that, um, in addition to sending the reviews out, responding to them is very important. So, um, you know, we, re we respond to every review that, that comes in. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say it's, we celebrate reviews too. So, you know, we get a five-star review, we post on our internal messaging system. Um, everybody gets to see, you know, the great work that, that we did. And, you know, sometimes it's, you know, a specific staff member that gets a shout out. And so, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to, you know, see that we're giving a good experience to the patients. Now you recently said you just went to one of the meetings and bought three OCTs. Yeah, don't remind me. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, you're going to pay it off. I mean, you'll pay it off. I mean, how, what are some guidelines you follow when purchasing equipment? Because you know equipment's important. Um, it's plus just... a photographer plus another eye care tonometer. <laughs> so, oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, but those are all important. Those are going to add value to your practice income. The eye care tonometer I have in the practice, it doesn't necessarily bring income value, but you see patients, right? Easier, faster. Um it's easy to operate. Patients aren't afraid of it. So how do you, what are your guidelines on equipment besides, I mean, obviously income, but what are some other things? Maybe wow factor, patient experience. What are some things that 
that follow in your guidelines? Yeah, I'd say um, in addition to the fact that it can be a source of revenue for the practice, um, second thing would be uh, patient experience, just giving better patient care, right? More, more efficient, um, more thorough patient care, because ultimately that's why patients come to see us. Um, I mean, they want friendly and helpful doctors, but they really want, you know, the best doctors and the best experience. So um, like I was just talking to a staff member this morning um, in, in one of our practices, and she said that um, and she asked me, hey, do, do all practices have the, the Optos? Um, she said, because, you know, patients come in and they're always really wowed by it. And some of them have said, you know, they didn't have that or they'd never seen it before. And so, you know, p- patients notice that. Um, so that's that's the number one thing. And then the number two thing, and this is more, I would say, within the last two or three years is, um, you know, the doctors, um, they really want to use the latest equipment that they were trained on in school. So, you know, when they're looking at what practice they're going to join, they want to know that 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 practice has the most up to date technology. Um, So, you know, in addition to the patient experience, I think it helps us to attract the best doctors as well. Yeah, that's important. A lot of doctors want that and a lot of doctors want to practice the highest scope of their license. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what attracts a lot of doctors sometimes into some of these corporate settings because, they have the latest technology and they've upgraded over the years too, right? Even maybe to attract your parks, but maybe even to subleases, right? They have the latest technology. Um, So that's, that's important for doctors too. And it's a nicer setting. And a lot of them have upgraded and remodeled their offices too, because doctors want to like where they work and and have a nice environment. So I think that's important. What Mm -hmm. has been some other ways to, for, you know, for you as a practice owner to get a new associate, and be most impactful and being able for them to help you scale your business. I've talked to a lot of business owners and they've said, well, we hire an associate, they have production bonuses, they have things like that, but it's never quite the same production at the end of the year income as a, as an owner operator. And I've seen this in my practice when I work, um, you know, income, we generate more income. It's just, it's just there. I mean, I think the passion for me is I'm in business, but, I've tried to hire different. It's just not the same. And for me, it's hard to digest that information. <laughs> you, uh, I, I'm smiling because I, just, I just had this conversation with a couple of really great docs that I um, you know, talk to all the time about practice management and we have s- similar practices. Um, I don't think that anybody will ever be you know, exactly the same, uh, uh, although some are really close. Um, but I think that's okay, right? Um, ultimately, it has to be a good environment for the doctor to see patients. And, you know, the doctor's seeing like four or five patients per hour and trying to provide really comprehensive care, um, you know, 35 patients a day is, at least for our modality, you know, our practice is not going to work, right? Um, you know, we, we see patients on a 20-minute schedule, um, we try to utilize as much technology so that they get an efficient exam, but they also get really good care. Um, so, you know, I, I've kind of, we have like a sweet spot that I've found for our practice and our doctors. And so I realized that, you know, let's kind of stick to that sweet spot. And that's what the expectation is. Um, some people are capable of doing more and really get in the groove. And then they get rewarded because they, you know, get a production bonus for doing that. Right. Um, but some, you know, sometimes, they kind of, you know, are doing, you know, the norm, normal schedule. Maybe there's not a lot of extra patients coming in, um, but they're happy with the, the patient flow. 
So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you hit the nail around the head. It's just, it, it, it will probably never be exactly the same as the, um, you know, if you're the owner of the practice, but um, that's okay. You'll be able, you're able to scale to multiple practices because you have doc, other doctors um, to do that. So you just set goals and hope that they want to reach those goals to get production bonuses, right? Um, oh, yeah, and then absolutely. You have the technology for them to be able to see, you know, three patients an hour and, and I think tech support as well, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Those are ways. And I think what has been some great ways for you to find doctors in this type of environment right now, because doctors say they want to scale or have a, another practice, but it's hard to find staff right now. Um, yeah, you know, it is. Um, we typically put out job postings on all the major you know, places. So the AOA, Career Center, Eyes on Eye Care, um, you know, and several others, you know, sometimes with the schools, you know, uh, Facebook. So there's lots of avenues. Um, I would definitely say cast a wide net. Um, the, the last go around, um, when we hired a doc, I talked to about 20 doctors and probably, um, you know, did like more thorough interviews with almost half of those, um, you know, after just kind of the first one. And it was really split between maybe four or five different postings that we had. Yeah. So there wasn't like one specific place that, you know, there's the go-to place and then it costs a lot of money to do it too. I mean, you, you know. There's, yeah. there's fees for, you know, putting all those, those postings out. So, but for you, like, is it, is it just trying to pay above, above salary and, and things like that? To, or do you just find doctors want to work life balance or want to work part-time or are, are they looking for technology? What has been like, what, what are these doctors looking for when they maybe are attracted to your practice? Yeah. I, um, I think it's a balance, right? So I think it's, um, you know, competitive pay, but I also think it's a practice culture, um, I think it's a support in the practice with the other doctors. Like we bounce ideas off each other all the time. We collaborate on things, you know, we message each other all the time. So I think having that environment, like the larger we've you know, become, the easier it is for us to attract doctors. Um, so uh, that has been very helpful. But uh, yeah, I think ultimately, you know, people want to work where they like the patients, they like their coworkers, they feel like they can provide the best care. Um, so it's not one specific thing. It's just, you know, having a kind of combination of those That's factors. Right. Yeah. Doctors want to feel like they're involved and they want to feel like they like where they go. Right. So I think mm-hmm. that's important and it's not necessarily, oh, it's private practice or corporate. I think it's the environment that the owner um, sets up for them. So I think I, I'm glad to hear that you had multiple um, doctors come for your interviews. So that's great. Yeah. Um, if doctors want to contact you, um, you know, for some more information, do you have an email address? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can email me. It's uh, drprovost at greathillseyecare.com. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn and message me. And yeah, I'd love to connect with anybody. Uh, I have lots of docs over the years that you know have relationships with that we've um, bounced ideas off each other. And that's how I've learned a lot of my um, you know tools that I use. And um, I know some of the other docs have, uh, you know, we've kind of helped them to you know, overcome a few obstacles that we've learned how to do. So, yeah. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your insights on how to scale a business. All right. Thanks for having me, Maria. Thank you. Pleasure.